It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Game one, BYU, Sam Houston. What do the Cougars need to do to ensure that they start the season 1-0? We're talking about that, making our picks for the weekend as well across the country as we celebrate the official opening weekend of college football. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. All right, this is a little bit of a special edition. I I call it a game day primer, even though it'll be coming out uh, before game day officially begins on Saturday. But nonetheless, BYU set to begin their 2023 season and also their Big 12 era at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 8-15 kickoff uh, Saturday night as the Cougars welcome in the Sam Houston Bearcats from Huntsville, Texas. Now, this is an interesting matchup because Huntsville, Texas is the home to Sam Houston and it is officially now an FBS outpost as they are new members of Conference USA. Obviously, the BYU football program is making the jump up from the pseudo uh, G5 ranks as an independent to a Power 5 program as they join the Big 12. Uh, I talked on our Friday edition of the podcast a lingering question in my mind about the potential of BYU uh, having it all go wrong. And a number of you uh, fired back at me and said, Jake, you're up in the night. I hope you're sleep deprived. I, I hope you're just uh, you're uh, you're not uh, thinking straight. Well, here's the thing. I, the more I think about this, I, I said it, I think, in my, the at tail end of my comments. I think that the Vegas oddmakers have it right when it comes to this BYU game. I think that they understand that the Cougars are a far better program. They're more established. Sam Houston is making the transition up from the FCS ranks where they have a, a total of 63 scholarships to now where they're allotted 85 scholarships. Will they have filled all those scholarship spots with players that are quote-unquote difference makers as they come into this game against BYU? Probably not. And that's where BYU needs to lean in on this. So I've essentially got three key areas I want to focus on with regards to our preview of this game for BYU against Sam Houston. Number one, BYU needs to lean into the fact that they're the more established program and should be the more dominant program in the trenches. We had Jason Barfield from Sam Houston on earlier this week, and many of you might recall that he said they have made a concerted effort the past three or four years at trying to upgrade the interior of their offensive and defensive lines. That shouldn't matter in this game. They're still a a transitioning FCS program. They have some good size. There are some 300-pounders listed on their roster. But if you're BYU, you've got 300-pounders up and down your roster and they are far more conditioned. They should be able to go out there and dominate Sam Houston in the trenches. Lean into that in this game. I want to see BYU run it down these guys' throats on offense and absolutely jam it up uh, on defense and just make it impossible for Sam Houston to do much in terms of the line of scrimmage. Now, the other thing about this is BYU can't walk into this game, their offensive and defensive lines in particular, and think it's going to be some cakewalk that they're just going to be pushing dudes over and calling it a day. Sam Houston is a feisty program. They've got 
championship DNA. They have won a, a, a national title in the past two years, obviously, with Casey Keeler leading the way. And the thing about this is Casey Keeler, he's won like 259 games, lost around 100. He is like the, an FCS legend in terms of like he's got the same kind of reputation, it feels like, as a Lavelle Edwards. Now, I know that invoking Coach Edwards' name when we're comparing a coach to him is, is some pretty lofty praise, but you look at his records, he's won two national titles at two programs at the, at the FCS level. He's been a lifer at that level. He also worked at the D3 level before making the jump to FCS. Casey Keeler is a veteran coach, and Kalani Sitake talked about his respect excuse me, his respect for Coach Keeler as well. So you can guarantee Coach Keeler is going to be preaching to his guys. You're, you're no different than what BYU's got. Let's go out there, shock the world, and show them what we're capable of. BYU's got to have that same mentality. They've got to come into this game thinking these guys are absolutely thinking they're going to upset us. We cannot afford to let that happen. we got to go out there and prove that we are the better football program. Dominate in the trenches is key number one in this game for me, For speaking of BYU. Now, the... Bearcats defense will line up in some exotic uh, packages, 3-3-5, uh, some uh, just crazy alignments when it comes to how their defensive line and linebackers align. BYU's got to be ready for it. Now, the biggest advantage BYU has is the defense has more film on them, speaking of Sam Houston, than the offense does for the Bearcats. So it's going to make it easier for BYU's offense to absolutely game plan for this. Now, the offensive and defensive lines will have to be able to point out and understand the alignments and be able to call that out. And I assume that Paul Miley and or Connor Pay will go out there and show that uh, they know what they're talking about when they make their uh, calls. Obviously, a guy like Keaton Slovis, being a veteran quarterback, will be able to help out with those blitz uh, calls, that type of stuff, and make sure that the offensive line and the running backs in particular are on the same page with regards to their protection schemes and make sure BYU is ready to grow. But I want to see BYU run for like 200 yards in this game. 200 plus yards, I feel pretty confident BYU will roll to a pretty easy victory, but it's not going to be like I said. It's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be bowling ball meets bowling pin when it comes to BYU and this Sam Houston defense. They got some good players. Kavian Gaither was the uh, whack defensive player of the year, or the preseason defensive player of the year. Markel Perry is a highly thought of pass rush type guy. There's a number of good defensive linemen and linebackers in the Sam Houston front seven. It's actually the strength of their defense. You heard Jason Barfield talk about it. They said that Coach Keeler is happy with his secondary, but it's just the, it's the more unproven part. So uh, I talk about BYU, wanting BYU to run down the throat. Yes, I'd like them to control this game and really make it difficult uh, for Sam Houston to get them off the field. But at the same time, if that secondary is as porous and soft as it may uh, appear to be, that's going to give an opportunity for BYU's tight ends and wide receivers to go out there and make plays. Let me just say this. I am not expecting to see either Keanu Hill or Cody Epps. Are they out? No, I wouldn't necessarily declare them out, but I would list them both as questionable at the very best. In, in case of Cody Epps, I'd say he's doubtful. Uh, that's my personal evaluation talking with people around the program. So two of your top receivers from last year's squad that were returning out obviously is a hamper uh, to BYU's offense, but the nice part is you have Darius Lasseter, Keelan Marion, and Chase Roberts is expected to be full go that are obviously capable of stepping in and picking up the slack there. Parker Kingston will probably see an uptick in, in uh, opportunity 
opportunities with regards to having guys like Cody Epps and Keanu Hill out if they are unable to go. But it gives an opportunity for tight ends as well to step up. Mata Avataase went from eighth string to second string uh, during training camp. A guy like Isaac Rex wants to get his season off to a good start. Expect to see those opportunities down the field if the secondary is as soft and as uh, Swiss cheese like <laughs> as, as, as it may appear to be. And hopefully, BYU will have some success through the air. But I want to see them really control this game, control the trenches, make it tough on Sam Houston to get the requisite amount of touches they're looking for. Second thing I want to see from BYU in this game is I want to see a defense that goes out there and plays more cohesively as a unit. Now, trying to quantify that is near impossible, but I feel like I'll know it when I see it. I want to see a defense that we've been told is going to be more on the same page, is going to have more self-belief in what they're capable of doing uh, when it comes to slowing down this Bearcats offense. This Bearcats offense is pretty innovative. Now, they do have a new offensive coordinator uh, coming in, and the question is, what will they do? Will they do more of what Coach Keeler has done? Because he's an offensive-minded coach uh, from his years and years of uh, decades upon decades of experience, or will this new offensive coordinator uh, have his imprint? The nice part is BYU's familiarity with both, because Jay Hill has coached at the FCS level and has familiarity with Sam Houston, whereas Kelly Papinga, who is BYU's defensive ends coach as well special teams coordinator was the co-defensive coordinator at uh, at Virginia when they went up against this offensive coordinator at Virginia Tech. So there is a big opportunity here for BYU to have a good cohesive game plan and obviously go in not necessarily knowing exactly what's going to happen but be able to understand that hey we're facing one or two quarterbacks. I'm expecting I would guess that it's Keegan Shoemaker's job to lose who is the, was the starting quarterback last year for Sam Houston but Grant Gunnell cannot be uh, discounted. They could see both quarterbacks but I see the BYU will adjust very quickly. And I just want to see a defense that goes out there and plays 11-man football, doing their assignments, getting the job done. Will they probably give up some plays here and there just because the defense is still it's still in its infancy, really, with regards to the implementation and the overall understanding of the scheme? Yeah, there will be some plays given up, but I'm expecting BYU to go out there and just have more self-belief uh, across the board. There were multiple players last year who said that the defense, there were multiple guys on the defense that quote-unquote quit was the term they use on their team at points during the season. This defense cannot afford to do that. You've got to have them all engaged playing 11, like I said, 11 men football means all 11 guys doing their assignment and doing their part to ensure success for BYU. I'd like to see that. The third thing I want to see from BYU, and by the way, if that defensive effort comes to the forefront, I do think that BYU will be able to hold Sam Houston down well enough to get the victory. The third thing I want to see is related to the defense. I just want to see more pressure on the quarterback. It would be a good game, the first game of the year, to see BYU getting pressure on the quarterback. Sacks, strip sacks, hurries, uh, forcing the quarterback out of the pocket. Just make life miserable for whatever quarterback you happen to be going up against with Sam Houston. Get after them. Make them move off their spot. Make it tough for them to throw the football. All of you out there have watched BYU over the past three or four years have seen games where BYU's pass rush was so ineffective that they it felt like the quarterback was sitting back there for five and six seconds and was just picking BYU apart. Uh, there was the quarterback from uh, was it Hornerbrook uh, from Wisconsin who had one incompletion in the entire game. That cannot be the case. And I, I, I wholeheartedly believe Jay Hill when he says that he refuses to die death by a thousand paper cuts when it comes to that. He is going to throw the house at these guys if they cannot get home with a four-man uh, rush. I expect Isaiah Banya as well as uh, Tyler Batty, the other pass rushers on this uh, roster, Michael Daly, man, on down the list, Nuletau Selison. 
they're going to have to prove they can get after the quarterback because it, it, we're going to find out a lot, it, it feels like, in this game. Either the pass rush was they didn't have the talent or it was the scheme. Well, they changed the scheme with a new defensive coordinator. So if the pass rush is ineffective in this game and going forward for BYU, that means the talent probably was not up to snuff either. But I think we're going to learn a lot about this, and I'd like to see BYU getting after the opposing quarterback. It also goes back to my original point. Dominate in the trenches. Control the line of scrimmage. Do not allow the Sam Houston offensive line to push you around. You go and force the action if you're BYU's defensive lineman. Guys like uh, Atunai Samahe. Okay, Atunai Samahe actually is questionable as well. I should acknowledge that. But let's say uh, a John Nelson, a Jackson Cravens, a uh, Caden Haas, a David Latu, who we had on this podcast, podcast this week. Those guys need to uh, force the pressure up the middle as well and make it really, really tough for Sam Houston just to function within their offensive framework. Take the action to Sam Houston. Do not sit back and allow them to dictate the terms. You dictate the terms. You're on your home field. Go out there and make the 63,000 fans that are roaring in the stands happy to have made the trip to watch you guys play. And I think if you accomplish that stuff, BYU should come out with a victory. But I'm excited for it. That's the thing about this. It's football season, folks. Got a, a taste of it last Saturday with the Week 0 games. Saw some games on Thursday. I'm recording this on Friday afternoon. There's games tonight. There's games tomorrow. There's games Sunday and Monday. It's Labor Day weekend. It's the opening weekend of, of college football. And I am completely enthralled with everything going on because it's my favorite time of the year. I absolutely love college football. Not just BYU football, I'm talking across the country. And we'll talk about some of the other notes I have for you guys as we uh, continue on here on Lockdown Cougars in just a moment. But the one other thing about this is uh, football season is so fleeting. That's the other thing about this. So enjoy it. That's the thing. It feels like, and in my line of work, obviously, we, we're uh, literally kind of going game by game, so it can fly by in so many ways. But the thing about this is it's it's here to be enjoyed. So I would encourage you guys, if you have the opportunity, just sit back. Uh, watch the BYU game. Get out to the BYU game. Go to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. But take some time. Sit back and enjoy a game. It's just it's fun. And obviously, there's some new rules with regards to the the changes on the first down clock, which uh, caused the first uh, couple of days of games to go a lot faster, it feels like, in many respects. But at the same time, it's a really, really fun time of year. And I would encourage you guys to just slow down a little bit and enjoy it because it goes by so quickly. And let's all uh, try and do a little bit better uh, to enjoy this crazy, crazy time of year. All right. Uh, we're going to finish up today's show with some of my picks. I, I usually do this on the, the crossroads of the 12. Didn't get a chance to record that. So we'll do that uh, coming up here next. Also, uh, we need to get some other news and notes out of the way with regards to BYU sports. We'll get to all that here in just a moment. Real quick, a word on our friends over at game time. If you guys want to get out to the game, whether it's BYU, Sam Houston state or a bevy of other games, other events, events, concerts, theater events, no matter, uh, comedians, no matter what you're looking to get out to, game time is the answer for you guys. They have flash deals and last minute tickets available all the time. They're easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And more importantly, they include lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and also even job loss protection, all with the game time app, my friends. It's a really, really fun new venture. Forget planning it months in advance. Game time has the deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, theater, and many, many more. The best part is the game time guarantee 
guarantee will always mean you get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in row four or less, Game Time will credit you up to, oh, excuse me, will credit you 110% of the difference. The best part is the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email to find the tickets as you're going into the venue. So snag the tickets without the stress with our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked On College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Uh, that's last minute tickets, lowest price, and it's all guaranteed. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, a fun weekend ahead in BYU sports and cannot wait for it. And hopefully, like I said, I, I kind of implored you guys to slow down and smell the roses. I need to say this. We did actually end up with two winners of tickets to Sam Houston. We had another listener who uh, reached out to me after hearing me talk about wanting to give tickets away and having another uh, listener offer up a pair of tickets against the Sam Houston game. We actually have two winners of tickets and they have been contacted. We're getting them uh, and they're, they're the nominees, I guess I should say, uh, getting taken care of to get them out to the game. And I, man, it's been fun, and uh, we'll continue to do this. I know I do have a pair of tickets to next week's game as well against Southern Utah, so we'll do something to give those away next week on the podcast. But I just, I, I, I was, it was, I, I, I gotta say this. There were, I think, I, I counted at least uh, 60 entrants uh, that by the time I I, was, I sat down and picked out the winners, uh, kind of threw them in a hopper and then just kind of drew out two random ones uh, to pick winners. Uh, and the stories and the, the the nominees, you guys are so selfless. Thinking of other people that you would like to send out to the game. Honestly, if I had uh, tickets and I just had them all, I would give everybody tickets to go to these games. It, it, it just it means the world to me. So let me just let me just say this: Thank you for your nominations, and I will do my best to continue to give you guys opportunities to get your family members, your friends, uh, people that you know that are deserving of this to get out to the games. It's one of my goals. I know that BYU and uh, the the tickets this year with regards to the Big 12 are a hot ticket, but it's still fun. And I just got to say a public thank you to at least the two uh, this week, uh, two fellow Cougar fans who reached out and offered up tickets uh, to reward their fellow fans in Cougar Nation to go to the game. And it's just, it's heartwarming to see that stuff go down. All right, a uh, couple of notes before we go on today's show. So we need to make some picks, obviously. I, I, did, I went four and three last week on my picks. I'm going to... Uh, Go with about, I've debated going like six or 10 games every single week. I'm going to go with six this week and see how it goes. I may expand it out to 10 next week. We'll see. But I've got six games I'm going to make picks for today. Now, the biggest one of the weekend is obviously the only uh, ranked game that uh, features ranked teams uh, going head to head. And that is Sunday evening as number five LSU takes on number eight Florida State. This game is a neutral site affair at, in Orlando, Florida. So both teams traveling. Obviously, LSU going from Baton Rouge, uh, Florida State going from Tallahassee to Orlando to play at Camping World Stadium. The line is currently LSU minus two, and they are the higher-ranked team. 
I got a sneaking suspicion that Florida State has got something cooked up here. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, They've got a very, very uh, good team. Speaking of Florida State, Mike Norvell has done a good job rebuilding this team. Give me Florida State outright. I'll take the points on Florida State. And uh, I just think that the Seminoles get off to the season on on a 1-0 start. But I do expect it to be a close game. I don't expect the margin of victory to be more than 7 points. I think it's going to be a close game throughout. It should be an interesting one there. Now, Monday, uh, we have Clemson and Duke. Now, Duke was an absolutely incredible incredible story last year. Mike Elko, the first-year head coach, leading them to nine wins, if I recall correctly. And then Clemson with Dabo Sweeney, uh, he has made some changes on his staff. He was so averse to making change, and he has done so. He brought in Garrett Riley to be his offensive coordinator. Clemson is a 13-point favorite on the road against Duke in this game. I'm interested why it's such a big line. I am going to take Duke plus the points. I I think Duke can keep it within 13 points. I I probably would lean towards Clemson still getting the win, but when you're playing at an opposing team home venue in the opening week of the season. It can't be overlooked, it feels like. They're playing this at Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham. Uh, so give me Duke plus the points, but I do pick Clemson to win that game. Other uh, th- four games I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick here on today's show include the game that BYU should have been playing this weekend. Now, you're probably wondering, what are you talking about, Jake? Well, BYU had originally a home date scheduled against now number 12 Tennessee for Lavelle Edwards Stadium for tomorrow night. In theory, that was supposed to be the game here. Well, Tennessee got cold feet and paid $2 million for BYU uh, to not play them. They actually are going to play a neutral site game at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. It's the home of the Tennessee Titans. They're taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, Tennessee is a 27.5 point favorite. That is a big number, but Virginia, Tony Elliott, uh, since Bronco Hall left, his offense has just been stuck in neutral. Now, they had the absolute tragedy of uh, 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 teammates uh, getting shot last year and some just awful stuff. But that's a big number, and I still think Tennessee is going to cover it. So I take Tennessee minus 27.5. I know it's a big number on opening weekend, but uh, give me the volunteers. Uh, funny enough, BYU turned around, took that $2 million, pocketed 800 grand of it, and paid $1.2 million uh, to Sam Houston to come into this ge- to come to Lavelle Edwards Stadium to play that game. So it's kind of funny how the business of sports goes down. Another game that is getting all kinds of headlines simply due to one head coach on one sideline. That's the Colorado game at number 17, TCU. I am very intrigued at how Colorado looks. Uh, TCU ranked number 17 in the country, as I mentioned, is a 20.5-point favorite. I will take TCU to cover that number. Uh, I just don't feel like Colorado is going to be a cohesive unit just yet. Maybe by midseason they're doing something special and maybe they figured it out. But game one, just with all the turnover that Colorado has, I just don't see them being all that competitive. Maybe Shador Sanders is absolutely the answer, and I'll be dead wrong about this. They give me TCU plus the points. I just don't think that they have that. Uh, another local program, a rival of BYU's Utah State. Obviously, they're going to be playing for at least the foreseeable future. They're on the road at number 25, Iowa, tomorrow morning. I am fully expecting Utah State to cover the 23.5 points. Utah State's defense is a big question mark, but Iowa's offense was inept last year. And the thing about this is Utah State's actually got a pretty good quarterback uh, and just a, a decent offense. I I think they can cover the 23.5 points. I still think Iowa wins this game, but I do think Utah State keeps it within about 14 points. I think it's a two-score game. Uh, give me Utah State plus the points. And then the final game I'm going to pick is Boise State, another rival of BYU's at number 10, Washington. The Huskies ranked 10th in the country, obviously, are expected to be a Pac-12 contender, but Boise State is a sneaky good team in these opening games, and Washington is a 14-point favorite. It's a crazy number to me. So give me Boise State plus the points. I'd probably still, I, I think Washington still gets this game. But this feels 
feels like a three or seven point margin of victory for Washington. I don't think Boise State's going to make it very easy on the Huskies. So those are my picks for this week. Uh, I'd love to have your guys' picks. If you guys have uh, questions about this, I'd love to have you guys weigh in on it. It's just an interesting time and obviously a fun time as the season kicks off here and looking forward to it. Now, the final thing I need to say before we go on today's show is I want to issue a uh, public uh I don't know how to say this, uh, just uh, uh, our hearts, thoughts, prayers, and uh, just, uh, I don't know, uh, just thinking of the Papinga family at this time. Some of you may have seen this. I hope all of you saw this. Brady Papinga, former BYU linebacker. He's the brother of Kelly Papinga, BYU special teams coordinator. His oldest son, Julius Maximus Papinga, who played at Westlake uh, uh, Village High School down there in Southern California, passed away after a severe asthma attack earlier this week. Uh, apparently had a collapsed lung as a result of this asthma attack. And as a dad, I can only imagine losing my son to something seemingly as innocuous as an asthma attack. I've had, uh, I don't have super bad asthma, but when I get really bad uh, allergies, I can get an asthma attack. And the thought that that took a young man's life is just, it's crazy to consider. And I, I just want to issue a, a public, uh, just, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to say it right. Just, we're thinking of you, Brady. Brady is a beloved member of the BYU football family, has never been afraid to speak his mind, obviously went on to have a, a pretty good career in the NFL, winning a Super Bowl title with the Green Bay Packers uh, when he played for them. But to lose your son uh, to something seemingly as innocuous as an asthma attack is absolutely horrific, and it's just so, so sad. So, uh, like I said, just wanted to say my thoughts, my prayers, and uh, just my overall uh, best wishes go out to the Papinga family at this time. Just, man. It, it's tough. It, it's really, really tough to talk about stuff like this, but at the same time, want to know the Papinga, want to let the Papinga family know that Cougar Nation, we love them and uh, we are there for them at this time of mourning. All right, that is going to do it for this special edition of Locked On Cougars. Enjoy the game uh, tonight or tomorrow night, depending on when you watch this and or uh, listen to it. Please subscribe, rate, review. We have a goal by kickoff tomorrow to make it to 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're within reach. We're in the tens uh, is what we need, just tens of you uh, to subscribe. If you have not done so already, it's uh, it's on YouTube is what we're looking for. 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. If you wouldn't mind doing that, even if you plan on listening to this on on the regular podcast feeds for the foreseeable future, just subscribe. Help us get to that benchmark, and would appreciate all the support. Until next time, until Monday, we're going to do it. Uh, by the way, not Monday. Probably going to do it uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. We'll do our first postcast edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast of the season. Weighing in with your guys' thoughts on social media, as well as my immediate reactions to the game. Should be a lot of fun. We'll also have a full pre- and post-game coverage on the KSL Sports Zone, as I am one of the hosts for our pre- and post-game coverage. Check that out if you're along the Wasatch Front on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. So until then, my friends, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.